You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. You know, I've always said in my next life, I want to come back as a handsome male hairstylist or a rock star. And to me, they're equal in sex appeal. And what a fun life that would be to be um, a hot male hairstylist um, or a rock star because really they're artists in their own right. So I am so excited today to be speaking with Giovanni Giuntoli, founder and creator of Tear Sheets and platform artist and educator with Redken. Giovanni, thanks for being here. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to join you on this, uh, on this endeavor to uh, share with your followers and listeners um, on this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I know we met many, many years ago working for Mario Tricosi in Chicago, and that seems like a lifetime ago, and it was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. But I would love for you to just share, you know, your career journey, because I know it's had a lot of twists and turns and, you know, you have really done so many interesting things. So perhaps you can give us a, you know, a Cliff Notes version of your, um, your career. Of my career? Well, you know, I, I started off really, I, you know, I don't have any hairstylists in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle, my, my grandfather did some barbering, but not as a license. He just did some friends, um, yeah. but I'd never met him. So I didn't have that influence. Uh, I got into the industry because I really thought that, um, it was creative and fun. And I felt like people were not working. They were enjoying and sharing and spending time with other people while at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that really drew me uh, to the industry. And um, my journey was, I started off in a, in a salon in my hometown of Chicago in the South suburbs. And there, uh, that's where I figured I learned everything before I went to beauty school. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I really didn't know much at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when they, when they, when so many people say, you shouldn't start in a salon before you go to beauty school. There's a reason behind it. And so during beauty school, you know, it was, it was just challenging. You know, um, it was, it was challenging because there were so many, there were so many, uh, the majority were female. I had my friend, I still talk to him today, Danny. Um, He and I were the only guys in the school and he came from having family that was in the industry. All the other students that were there had, you know, they had influences. And my, 
challenge was that I didn't have that, um, I guess that creativity from what I mm-hmm. put on myself mm-hmm. and things didn't come so easy. My fingers didn't work. You know, I did construction and landscape and all these other things that um, didn't have like that refined touch or that creativity. Um, so that was a challenge. Um, right out of beauty school, though, I knew that um, even during that, I, if I was going to do this the right way, I wanted to go into the city. I mm-hmm. love the city of Chicago. Um, when I used to model as a younger kid, I loved going into the city with my mom. We'd go and hang out. We'd do an audition. I just loved the energy. So I wanted to go there. Um, and so upon graduating, I set up an appointment with Anthony, one of the um, one of the managers at the time of uh, the Tricotis in, in the city. And that's where I really was started. Was it Cristiano, to, Anthony Cristiano, yes, or was it Muni? Yeah. Okay. No, Anthony Cristiano. Okay. Yep. Um, and he was doing some editorial. They were new to Wella. And I started seeing kind of um, a lot more facets in the industry, like a diamond, like, you know, like mm-hmm. some people, it's great. You want to work in a salon and you can do that. That's amazing. And you make a lot of money and it's a great life. Um, but for me, I, I get antsy at times, you know, and I want to have a challenge or I want to see what else is new. I want to see different angles, angles of something. So I started <clears throat> with Tricosis. I started seeing that Oh, you could be an educator, you could be a platform artist, you can do some photo stuff. Um, there's so much more that was opened up to me when, uh, when starting to work in Chicago. And um, that's where I really started doing my platform work with uh, Wella at the time, and they were partnered with Bumble and Bumble. And that's where I met, you know, my friends like Nick Arojo and Rodney Cutler and so many others uh, that I still speak with today. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's in Chicago is where I, I started doing editorial work and seeing my work photographed it was just something I, I couldn't seem to get enough of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't seem to understand enough of and get into it. Um, and although my background wasn't a creative type background, I still enjoyed like the collaborating and then coming up with uh, one look that a whole team produced and seeing um, kind of seeing the story through the camera's eyes um, and how I I contributed to it. Yeah. Um, Doing that for a little bit. And some of my good friends told me, if you want to do editorial work, then you really should move to New York. Uh, So at the time I said, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Sounds so easy. I'll just First time moving out of the house, let me just move to New York. Why not? Everybody does it. Uh, it took me about a year to find a place. I was going to say, like the rent probably smacked you in the face. The rent was, yeah, the rent was, did some smacking, but also the availability. Like mm-hmm. I would see something um, and I would call maybe a few hours later or the next day and they're like, that's gone. Like that's, that's, that's been gone. You know, that apartment's been gone even before we printed it sometimes, you know, like, yeah. so think information got to me slower, of course, because due to the time, you know, 20 years ago or so. Um, and so it took about a year, but it allowed me again to um, maintain my clientele also in Chicago, 
which I did while I was in New York, but it gave me time to set that up and cultivate that business of maintaining um, a business because I was definitely planning on coming back to see my family uh, and do some work. I wanted to keep my roots of doing my editorial work in Chicago. So to end this, my journey, uh, ended up in New York where I've been for the past uh, 20 some years uh, doing editorial work and traveling with celebrities and getting to work with uh, rock stars and bands, which have been really fun. Yeah, that must um, be exciting. Yeah, it's 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 great, and it's really cool to see a, just a different um, element. You know, like working mm-hmm. also fashion week and photo shoots, and kind of living honestly, living that lie of yeah. what we share is only what we want you to see. Right. You know, but but knowing and understanding all the work that goes into making. A photo or making someone look good on camera or putting together uh, a collection of looks for a designer you know there's just it was just really exciting to get to do that and to continue that and offer it uh, to others and what did when you were back in I want to just kind of quickly go back when you started in your career when you were just you know hey mom dad you know I'm gonna go to beauty school I'm not going to college you know what did your family say were they like you're nuts why what are you doing or were well, they supportive that- well, that's, it's funny. And you're the first person that has asked that on any of my interviews. And I can appreciate, I appreciate you doing it. It was actually, I was way over prepared and way, <laughs> over, way over preparing my defensiveness about it. Okay. Um, you know, I had like, like having a quiver of arrows. Like yeah. I had thoughts, objections, directions, ideas, how I'm going to plan, you know, um, and, uh, my dad had been asking me, um, and it, my mom had passed away when I was 14 going on 15. So Aww. my dad and I had to build a new, kind of a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had been asking me during my junior to senior year of high school, Hey, what's going on with college? Are you taking your tests? Are you doing, what do you want to do? Blah, blah. Um, cause both of them were involved in education. So it was right. really hard to get out from around those questions. Right. Uh, and I finally, after talking to the salon owner where I had gotten my start, really, uh, you know, and learning like, well, you know, geez, if I, if I want to do business, I can do that later if I want to do this. So um, I sat down with my dad um, and he said, well, you know, listen, you want, what, what's going on? How, what are we doing? You know, what about college? And I said, well, let me, let me distance myself a little bit here in case, <laughs> case after me. I said, but you know. Dad, as you know, I've been working in the salon for about a year now. I really enjoy it. And I feel I'm, I'm good at it for what I know. Um, and I'd like to pursue that. And I would like to take the money that I had earned when I was acting and modeling, which was supposed to go toward college. I'd like to put that toward cosmetology school. And I, before you answer, uh, you know, Dad, <laughs> I see my brother, you know, going into college. College. He's not sure what he wants to do. He's got to choose electives. I said, honestly, I have no idea what I want to do. I don't feel like spending uh, forty to fifty thousand dollars the first two years on, on no direction at all. Just mm-hmm. you know, random open general education. Right. I said, if I want to get my business degree or furthering education, I could do those things at night for a fraction of the price. I said, so 
you know, this is a good industry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that can come of it. And I really enjoy it. And I'd like to take a, you know, I'd like to take a stab at it. And he sat there and I'm going, okay, what's his first question going to be? I'm ready. I'm ready. And he said, well, son, I got to tell you, you know, um, and I, he goes, I'll be honest with you. Unless somebody creates a pill that somebody could take to stop their hair from growing, you know, after a haircut, there'll always be a job for you. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Uh, and he said, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people through your life that, uh, they have a lot of money and they work really hard, but they don't like what they do, but they do it because they have to, or because they got stuck in it or something and they don't like what they're doing. They're unhappy. And if you can find something that you're happy doing and that you enjoy, because you're going to be doing it for a long time, then, you know, I'm going to, I support you. And That's amazing. You know, not, that was yeah. not what you were thinking he was going to say. <laughs> that was absolutely not what I was going to say. Um, he did come up to me later and say, now, just to clarify, with you, <laughs> if your mother was alive, you know, now, just back up for a second. My grandparents came over from Italy uh-huh. and one of their big reasons for coming over was education. Right. My mom was a straight A student. She had all her report cards, everything. Yeah. So leading up to that moment, he said, you know, if your mom was alive, this would have been a different conversation, you know, because of what she saw for you. But you finding something that you want to do is really important and is really crucial to what's going to happen in your life. So you want to do it? What a beautiful gift. You know, I think that's a beautiful gift he gave you was just letting you follow your dream and, and being supportive. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't like, thank him enough. I felt like, like when I was on stage, when I was doing things, when I was speaking in front of a thousand people, like that conversation could have easily gone the other way. And so I always felt like if I could have him in those shows uh, and see, let him see what I was doing, because it's a very, not many people know of the industry. Um, so it was really great to see him in the audience at times and thank him and let him oh, know I that, love that. You know, again, you really helped me create what it is that I'm giving to everybody else. And right. he really supported me in doing it. And having that support is amazing. It is. And what about your, your friends? Like, you know, guys in high school, like, you know, they're, you know, I'm sure some of your friends went off to college and, you know, here you are, you know, going to beauty school. So yeah. Did you, did you catch um, any any slack from them at all? I caught some. Um, you know, the guys that did were not really close friends. And in my life, I've realized kind of the the stages of friends. Yeah. Um, or cat or more or less categories. So some, you know, my brother is uh, no longer homophobic. You know, <laughs> uh, he was a real manly guy and all. And, you know, I love him, but he's like, why do you want to do that? You know, aren't you going to be like one of the only guys that's great? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) But um, since then, you know, uh, he's met some of my close friends. He's friends with some, you know, that. Yeah. And it's been great to also shed light on something that somebody was not uh, familiar with. Right. Or maybe like in a sense, in the closet about, not to be punny, but, um, you know, so uh, that was really the only kind of um, 
questioning or flack that I really can remember uh, right now. Okay. So let's fast forward then, you know, so you're starting out in your career, you're, you know, you're young, you're good looking, you're in a salon, you're cutting hair. I mean, can you, you know, spill any tea on what that was like? And like, I'm sure, you know, you were getting hit on by women, married women, single women. What was that like? Walk us through how amazing that must have been. (laughs) Well, you know, I think anybody would, you know, like it wasn't, I don't want to think it was just my looks. But um, okay, your talent, your talent as well. They like my skills and my brain. Um, Oh yeah, your brain. uh, Let's talk about your brain. You know, there's more. There's more (laughs) to me than just that. And I love that you think that. Thank you so much. Um, I it it was really. um, I felt even at that time that you had to tread very lightly. Uh And you know, there were some that I felt. Uh, some clients that I felt were attracted to me, some were men and others were women. But there was, I guess, you know, I don't know. Because again, like it, it, you were, I was young and I was single and I can, you know, go and do whatever I really wanted to do. And living at home gave me, you know, better funds to be able to do things. Um, dating, I, you know, I dated a couple of my clients. Yeah. But I also learned that, that was something very challenging because yeah, what happens I when you break up or it doesn't work out when you break up or when they want to come in for another haircut in the do you, do you have to charge them? Do you right. charge them? Like after what date do you stop charging them? <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> so that has to be a little awkward. You know, yeah. Like, that's a little worrisome there. Yeah. yeah your, your bill is at the counter. We've only had three dates. Um, like a punch card almost. <laughs> At date number um, five, you earn 50% off. Right, right. It keeps incrementally dropping. Um, but if you can I, last um, 10 I did, you got a free haircut. Yes, exactly. If you can, if you can stick with me, you're winning. <laughs> um, I did find myself, though, dating older women. Okay. Um, and I like that. I like the... Maybe the the independence, um, the the knowledge, the the what they've what um, what somebody has developed over the years, the conversation. You know, I wasn't quite the one that went to like um, clubs, that, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I'd rather go to let's go to a jazz club, let's go to an event, let's go and and the younger generation you know, more my age, wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed having a relationship with somebody that was a little older than me um, because they just brought more to the conversation. They brought, they brought more to everything. Yeah. Um, so that was, did I you ever have attraction to it? But I, hmm? I was going to say, did you did ever I have ever any have? stalkers, like people who just would not leave you alone or take no for an answer if they, you know, did hit on you? And you were like, I'm not interested. Thank you. What a compliment. But, you know, trying to keep that professional line. I did have one or two. Um, but the challenge was when I was working in Chicago, and I don't know if you remember the, the salon layout in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but they were ground to second story windows. 
Right. And so <laughs> I was right in the window. So I was like the the puppy in the window. Like uh-huh. you, anybody could walk by and stand there. And sometimes people would stand there. You know, <laughs> um, they'd stand because it was interesting to watch, or stand there because they were interested in watching. Um, so there was like a, there was an audience. But every so often, the front desk would come over and say, uh, "There's somebody here that said." They've been watching you and they would like to know, you know, and I'm like, hmm, that's opening up a weird, what are we getting to, you know, um, but, but really, honestly, not many. Okay. Um, I'm a friendly person and I respect people and I try, if any, if I'm not interested, I'll try to lightly let you down and say, I'm not, you know, we could do some, we could do something else. No, we could be <laughs> business friends, you know, so, um, but yeah, there were there were few awkward moments. I did yeah. get maced. I got maced. You got time. maced? I got maced by an extremely super happy client, which sounds funny. Yeah. Um, but I had a client come in. She wanted a big change on her hair. Uh, she was going from something that was down to like her waist to, you know, bob length or a little shorter for anybody not listening. That's, you know, about jaw length or so. Yeah. So it was a big dramatic change. And, um, you know, and I, I even, I learned leave it a little longer than what they say because there's that shock, you know, yeah. that goes into it. So afterwards she looked at it, she looked in the mirror. Oh my God. She's like cheering on. I love it. I'm so happy with it. It's amazing. I said, Oh my God. So I'm so glad about this. She worked for, um, she, and she worked for Estee Lauder and I'm okay. like, wow, to land a client like this, who's so happy. She's going to go <laughs> tell all her friends, you know, she's so excited. Like, this is amazing. So, um, I, she had purchased some product that I recommended. I put it in her bag. I brought it over to the station. We were, she was saying goodbye. She was playing with it. She put the product in her bag and as she put it in her bag, I started hearing a hissing sound like air coming out of a, a tire basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, did I leave, did I leave something on? Is something, you know, I don't know what it is. And she's looking in the mirror. Well, I looked down in her bag and she had a large, a pretty large duffel bag. And it was filling up with like, uh, with what I thought was smoke. And I, and then I'm looking at, it, I'm like, Oh, Oh, you must've put your, you must've put your bag on maybe your hairspray or something. Something is smoking in your bag. And oh my God, well, she, she rifled through and pulled out her stuff up into the air, like out of the bag. Yeah. With it it came this cloud of smoke and she said, oh no, no, no. Oh, oh, it's just my mace. That's all. Just my mace. (laughs) And I went, oh, and on that inhale, I inhaled all of that mace cloud (laughs) into my lungs and into my eyes. Oh no. And I went, oh, oh, oh. well, I, I, I do not ever recommend anyone getting mace. From, from that moment, I said, yeah, mace, that would stop somebody. But <laughs> I had to go and rinse my, so I'll tell you. And what, then you had to be ready for I your next customer, your back. next client. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I'm hacking, my eyes are watering. I'm just tearing up. I'm flushing them with water. Oh, the man Anthony comes over. What happened? I just got 
I just got mace. <laughs> I said, do I have to go talk to her? And I said, no, no, she's really happy. And he's like, it doesn't sound like she was really happy. And I'm like, no, everything's good. Well, she came back a couple days later with um, like maybe four or five bottles of colognes, different colognes for me, and a note saying, I'm so sorry about the incident, about you being mace. I, I, I feel so bad. I'm very embarrassed. And, you know, I never saw her again. Oh, because she probably she was so embarrassed. Yeah. She felt, I feel she felt so embarrassed for macing her hairstylist <laughs> oh that God. she then never came back. And I felt so bad. Well, like, the, the like best line fault. from like, that I should have been able to take it, take that mace. Yeah, you should have. But the best line from that whole story was, oh, it's just my mace. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. just my mace. Oh, it's just my mace. Not, nothing, nothing big. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you inhale it? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yes. So oh that, my God. that was probably the, the most memorable moment. That's uh, a good in one. In my career. That's yes, a good it, one. It was. That's um, a good and one. The, next, the next most memorable moment in my career was um, when I started working for Playboy, doing the hair and makeup for, for Playboy magazine. Oh, um, wow. I was with them for a few years. Tell us about um, that. That was it. I never knew I had so many friends that <laughs> wanted to work with me until that came about. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, it came about while I was while I was in the uh, while I was in New York. I worked with a, a a few. They were kind of becoming celebrity at the time, and they're more celebrity now doing Playboy. Um, and I was really hoping to do that because I was a straight guy. Um, but I also knew that it opened itself up to more travel and bringing in my skills to be able to go in different places and do photos. Um, I mean, the nudity is great as well, but there was so much more value into doing that. Plus the team, like I learned so much, the team, uh, was amazing. The lighting effect, the, the story that they put together. Um, and I really enjoyed it, not so much to just do the hair and makeup, but also my learning experience that I then took back to my now company, Tearsheet. But I, I learned to become part of the, the creation of the story, not just hair and makeup, but really delving in and learning lighting and shadows and mm -hmm. uh, learning a little bit more about photography to be able to really become a better educator. But the three or four years that I was with Playboy um, was really great. It allowed me again to travel back to Chicago, um, contacted by friends I never heard of <laughs> or had, had remembered in a long time. Um, and uh, it was really, it was really great. And it was, it, what was interesting was it was around that change from film to digital mm -hmm. um and so there were still polaroids and i love i loved having polaroids and that's actually what kind of started the that little flame inside of me when i first started was getting the polaroids handed to me to take a look yeah um so getting those polaroids and being able to have something tangible and something of your work was really important to me and i just loved uh i loved working with that team and what we did that's amazing what a great experience and then yeah, it really on, was. It really yeah was. and then with your career i know that sometimes there can be a lot of you know big egos 
in the industry. How did you navigate through that and, you know, keeping yourself, you know, grounded and, and not getting caught up in, in ego? Um, you know, I, at the time, um, not to mention names, but um, there's brothers that performed and, um, and other, and, you know, at the time, it, it seemed like it was about ego. Um, yeah. Like the more ego you had, the more people liked you. Um, and I didn't gravitate to that. I was never a show off. Um, I always kind of kept my cards breasted, you know, like close mm -hmm. to me. Uh, I never really bragged about things or, you know, so, and that could be a pro and con. Um, but I never gravitated toward those artists. But I now notice that the artists that were not like that, that were more genuine, that it wasn't ego, it was a pride thing. And they weren't trying to suppress your education. They were opening themselves up and really giving what they knew. Like, if I'm going to be on stage, I'm going to give you what I know. Why am I up? Otherwise, why am I up here? Those artists um, are still around. They're mm -hmm. still educating. Yeah. They have a big name for themselves. Maybe they've built a company or brand uh, for themselves, but they've lasted the test of time because people got tired of the egos as I was. Um, and they realized, you know, like, well, you're up there because we're out here. Right. Um, yeah. And to keep that in mind that it's about the learner and about the audience rather than about me who's up on stage, you know, we're mm -hmm. doing something. Uh, so that's how I really dealt with it. I, I wasn't one of that. So I didn't feel like I had to compete against it. I just kind of stayed away, almost like the, the push of a magnet. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and then they just weeded themselves out on their own, basically. Okay. And what advice would you give younger stylists that are coming up, you know, if they want to educate or be a, you know, a platform artist for a brand, you know, what, mm -hmm. what advice would you give and what do you wish maybe someone would have told you when you were just venturing out to do that? Um, it's a few things. I think we need to be honest with ourselves and you need to be honest with the people that are there to learn from you. And keep in mind, again, it's about the learner, not about the educator when wanting to educate people and become part of a company. Um, you're never going to be bigger than the company, you know, mm -hmm. in that sense. So stay humble. Um, you know, if you want to build a company, that's great, but you need to, I always find the best teachers and it's something that I practice and it's something that the tear sheet educators practice. Like if you want to become a really good educator, um, then you need to know when you don't know something and that's okay but then you should go learn it and you should teach from experience. Because okay. I feel like there's a lot of people that educate because they have the knowledge or because they've heard something, but they have not put it to test, mm -hmm. you know, or they've not applied it in the salon uh, or they've not applied it on a photo shoot. So to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that when this happens um, and you've never put it to the test, you've never tried it, then you're not really teaching in a real genuine way. You know, mm -hmm. um, over the years, I've learned the ins and outs, the sideways, the 
ups and downs of so many things. But if I don't know something, I've also learned um, the the right to go. I, I don't know that. You know. Yeah. You know what? That's interesting. I don't know that yet, but I am learning. Yeah. It right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love during our classes we sometimes just open it up to the students and say what. You know, like I showed you three or four braiding techniques. Does anybody know another braiding technique? Okay, great. Come, come. I don't know that one. So would you mind sharing that with yeah. everybody else and sharing it with me? And I all of a sudden, mm-hmm. now we've all learned something and I can take that. And I always ask them, would you mind if I take this and share it? You know, because that's what, that's what an educator does. I now learned it. I'm applying it. I've tried it. I can do it. Now I'm going to eventually go and share it with somebody that may ask me to for a different type of technique or so. Um, so, you know, take your time and stay within your sandbox, you know, as you learn, teach from what you know, teach from all that good stuff that you know. And if you don't know something, it's okay, but remember then to go back and, and learn it. Okay. So just there's, really, there's the advice is people catch you. to stay open, to stay open and not think you know it all, basically. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I know that people say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's that moment that when you're educating, once you think you know everything, that somebody's going to ask you a question and yeah. you may not know the answer. And therefore, but you've already built yourself up as I know everything, I can do everything. And then that question comes. And that's the question that tends to crumble the rest of your day. Right. You know, you're like, oh, now I got to dwell on how I'm going to answer that. So right. the honesty is great and the humbleness is even better. Okay. That's great advice. And when you were on stage, you know, when you've been on stage and I know you're still doing that, um, mm-hmm. has there ever been like any mishaps? Cause like from the audience view, it looks so seamless and everything is just amazing, but has anything happened that, you know, you've had to like work through or any mistakes that you'd like cut the wrong strand of hair at any point or I don't know anything Um, you know there's always something um and I think over the years those things have gotten smaller okay um you know in a sense of like the it's not a it's not a roaring fire you know like it's become just a little ember and you can snuff it out right um you know, sometimes you, sometimes you can't find the right word and a word comes out and you're like, no, no, I didn't mean that. And then all of a sudden, like you're digging this hole for yourself and you're losing time trying to describe the simplest thing, you know, mishaps though. Um, yeah, we've had mishaps where, you know, not so much it's out of our control. I'll say that whether it be myself or with another artist, we've had lighting issues and microphone issues who's annual guys that would be should be watching and doing these things are maybe distracted let's say maybe they just forgot um but then we're up there on stage and nobody can hear us um and then you got this guy that just kind of walks out on stage and grabs your butt and unplugs your battery pack and you're like (laughs) oh oh, i didn't know you were back there you should you should really give somebody a warning when they're standing in front of people and you sneak up behind them. Um, but with scissors you know, in your hand, there's all, especially with scissors or trying to do updos. Um, I always put a lot of pressure on myself because I always feel that um, if I'm going to say 
the work is easy or it should be quick and, and smooth in the way an updo should fall or a style. I want to do that on stage for them. You know, I want to do that in front of, even if it's one person. Um, and so I'm always kind of putting myself in extra heat and hoping like, please just let that curl fall the right way. Please let that comb not fall out of my hand. Right. You know, oh, where is my comb? Oh my God, where's my, and that little voice going, oh, you idiot, you left the comb backstage. No, it's not, it's right here. You know, so it's, I guess <laughs> the internal battle of yeah. like, what is going on? Um, but also, you know, the, again, those fires become a lot smaller when you start also working with a stronger and better team and they're paying attention to it and they're bringing on new people to learn uh, some of the ways that things happen and work. Um, but I would have to say there's never been any blood and there's never been any falls either off stage or falling on stage, whether it be myself or anybody else on. So nothing like, oh my God, did you see? Nothing like that. Okay, um, good. I'm very thankful for that. And right now with, you know, what's happening in our, in our industry, what are you loving right now with trends and styles or certain products? Is there anything that you want to share in that way? Like, what do you think is going to be happening in the next year in our industry? Well, I have always been a beauty guy. Um, I, I do makeup as well. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind avant-garde. Like I like avant-garde. I like edgy fashion, but what really makes my heart thump and what really draws me to it is beauty. Like just something really beautiful. It could be something really simple um, because, uh, you know, my makeup artist, uh, Darcy McGrath, my edgy, she taught me makeup. She still does makeup. You know, she really made it clear to me, even when I was doing hair, she's like, listen, beauty is harder than fashion. You know, to get something really beautiful and smooth or get the right wave and stuff, that's really hard. Anybody can call things fashion. Anybody can call something avant-garde. Yeah, I wanted it there. It's avant-garde, you know. Um, but to bring in somebody's look somebody's feeling their energy to get something really beautiful and put together like that's that really is a, a challenge um and i'm sure that there's many people that are listening that will say no i feel quite the reverse and that's okay um, yeah. it's just what really gets my engine going is just seeing really beautiful imagery i love beautiful hair um i like the watercolors um i like the fashion colors i like when they tend to be all over, you know, okay. or maybe on the ends again, just tying in the beauty versus, boy, how are you going to touch that up? You know, yeah. like, oh, that looks beautiful now, but how's it going to look in four or five weeks? Will it still look as beautiful, you know, where if we kept it a natural color or we kept uh, color on the ends, like you can still play with that and still have it become beautiful and you can touch it up or take it out where some of the other things. Uh, I'm just not drawn to it as much. And I don't think fashion will always be changing where I feel like beauty, although beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I feel like beauty within that range will never go out of style and will mm -hmm. never be a trend. It will always be, we're starting with beauty. Now let's go and let's F it up, you know, or let's, 
let's make it edgy. But there's always going to be that baseline. Okay. All right. And I want you to um, share with everybody about your company, Tear Sheets. You're the, the uh, creator and founder. And um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what people can expect from yeah. your... Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Tear Sheet is a one-of-a-kind company. Um, I started Tear Sheet because I realized 15 years ago that there was a trend of hairstylists needing to understand imagery, either how to translate it uh, from the photo to the reality, uh, what goes into it, how is that image created? Because, you know, 15 years ago, I also noticed, you know, music is the universal language, mm -hmm. but photos and imagery is catching up to it. And as we look now, and I'm not bragging, but I was right on point. I mean, now with social media, like you can have a whole conversation just through emojis, you know, right. just through imagery. Like it's not going anywhere. You know, anybody who does bridal can have a conversation with a bride of what do you like or what do you not like? That narrows down the field of what I'm going to create for you. Um, so Tereshi was created to the editorial industry to the hairstylist that is wanting to stay behind a chair, but understanding that I need to know how to communicate and use imagery as my soundboard, whether it be uh, imagery from a client or me showing off my work. Because as our attention span shortened, um, we read less, we talked less. You know, clients aren't reading resumes. They're looking at imagery. What have you created? Now I can relate to what you've created. I like your brand that you do, and I want to therefore come to you. Um, and imagery explains that story in a fraction of the time. Um, but I wanted to also give hairstylists the ability to uh, share in some of the experiences that made continue to make this industry, but really made my career, which is to become part of a team. Um, you know, all graduates become part of our team, and then they start getting invited to do any of the fashion shows. And up to this date, now, now I'm bragging because I'm bragging about uh, the team. You know, we do New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, Miami Swim. We do Vancouver Fashion Week. We do Toronto Fashion Week. We landed this uh, 2019. We did the fall shows in Paris. Wow. Paris Fashion Week. Amazing. So That's that, incredible. Yeah. I, you know, and I can't take credit. I started the company, but the idea was to build the team to let hairstylists get out of the salon and, and play in some of these other facets and realms in our industry. And, and that's so far of what has come out of it. You know, we, we started Tools about seven years ago. Uh, helping hairstylists learn the difference between designing and cutting tools and finishing and styling tools. There's a, a big difference. And that came from, again, my years of using and learning and, and struggling, um, thinking all tools were created equal. I then learned it wasn't. And we have to, you know, we needed to educate the professionals on what they're using to make the journey easier and more enjoyable from start to finish. So Tear Sheet is really more uh, targeting the hairstylist 
in the industry from, you know, right out of beauty school to, you know, 30, 40 years in the industry, we have graduates that continue to come to us for education. And we also do different cities. Uh, we do in what I call environmental education. We go to Chicago, we do LA, we'll do Las Vegas, we do New York. So we can shoot in and outside in the surrounding areas because, you know, your clients move, they travel, somebody might come in from a different area, they have different uh, water, they may have a dry, arid uh, climate versus a really humid, and how hair reacts to it. So it's again, it's kind of like, how much do you want to learn in your career? Because there is so much to share and know about hair, you know, in that yeah. medium that we work with, that depending on what we do and where it is, uh, it can do something completely different and unexpected. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I hope that people will check out your Instagram and I know we're going to leave links, you know, below for the website and they can get more information about tear sheets. But I was excited to hear about your dollar coach program yes. because I think that's so important to know how to balance and, and manage your money as you're, you know, making good yes. money being a stylist. Yeah. So many uh, hairstylists. And, and let me back up, not just hairstylists, service providers. And yeah, it could be estheticians, right? Yes, that's the big difference between tear sheet and your dollar coach. And that I really loved was, boy, we can really help so many more. You know, tear sheet mm -hmm. is great for hairstylists, but your dollar coach is great for salon owner to assistant. You know, okay. like we can help anybody. Um, because you know, so many of us don't understand finances, don't want to get into taxes. We don't have a plan, an exit strategy, a retirement plan, maybe a college fund for you know our kids. And that's money that we work hard for. We have to learn how to shelter it, protect it, and make it grow. And that's what your dollar coach does. Um, and I was really happy to launch it in January because of what's going on now and what we're going through. There's so many people in a pinch now because there was no nest egg or no money for that proverbial rainy day. You know, now it's rain virus. And yeah. we, we could have had some preparation, but we don't know what we don't know. Um, so, you know, it's not to fault. It's just, again, to learn and pre prepare to not have it happen again. Mm -hmm. um, so I put your dollar coach together for not just the service providers, but also their family members. You know, if they have a husband and wife and they're in a job that doesn't get corporate benefits like this, you know, kind of these, this kind of benefit, um, they can, by all means, bring them in as part of your existing membership. Children entering the workforce where they're just starting to file their taxes and start working, they're included as well. Oh, that's um, amazing. As an educator, yeah, and as an educator, I said, you know, we as professionals, we learn in school. That's where our base is. So we're offering to all the beauty schools, we're going to give it to all um, enrolled students, whether current or future enrollment. They're going to have the service for free uh, during their enrollment time. So we can build better, smarter, stronger professionals that have an understanding of what the world is going to be like when you get out into it mm -hmm. and what's going to be expected of you with money and stuff. Because 
unfortunately, there's not enough time in cosmetology school to learn finishing, let alone how to create an IRA or how to create um, a, a tax shelter to protect it, you know, uh, how to plan for the future kind of thing. So I yeah, wanted I wish, to give this I wish to they the would students. teach that, you know, because yeah. I... I mean, I remember all my years, you know, working as a makeup artist and esthetician at Mario's. I mean, gosh, if mm -hmm. I look back now, if I would have saved all those tips <laughs> yes. Yes. instead of going out and partying and buying clothes and who knows what, right. I mean, crazy. Yeah. No one talks to you about that when you're young. Right. And what I've learned is, you know, even the close friends of mine, they don't have a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. my, I was lucky going back to my dad. Um, he was not a financial expert in any means, but we talked about it. What, you know, you should put some money aside. There is retirement. There are these options. You don't pay tax on it. Maybe you should consider this and talk. Mm -hmm. And so there was conversation. Um, and unless you have somebody in your family or someone to talk about, because we don't normally talk about money. We don't right. talk money to our clients. That's a taboo. Yeah. Um, but how are you going to learn about it if it's not spoken about? So, um, you know, I just felt like, boy, it's, a, it's, it's great for us to create this. And it couldn't happen. It could have happened a lot sooner, uh, you know, like it, but I'm just glad that we, we, we got it launched at the beginning of this year in January to, to bring it out uh, to everybody. So, and it's been doing a lot of good. So I'm really glad about that. We're giving 30 days for free to people. Try it. See if you start liking it. If you, if you don't, you don't understand it, that's okay. You don't want to do it, that's okay. Cancel it. But try it and let's see where we can start building a better future and, and kind of put the professional back into our professional service provider. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can be really artistic, um, but we, we have to keep in mind that um, there is a professional side to it. And Absolutely. You know, we should plan for us to get out, exit, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, it's been so great catching up with you. And um, as I said, it's just amazing to see everything that you've done since I knew you way back when. And I just appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to chat with me and everybody and, and share your journey. It's It's been incredible. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen um, for you in the next few years and the next decade, it's going to be even, even better. I'm sure. I, it's, well, I, I really hope so. There's 2020, I think was like, everyone was like, 2020 is going to be the year. Exactly. Um, and now it's like, man, it's a year. Yeah, it's not the it's year. Not the year. But listen, I, I'm so happy that we were able to, to connect and, uh, and I was able to become, uh, part of this, uh, network that you're building. And thank you for, providing the education and our awareness uh, that this information is out there. Yeah, I, you know, this has been, this podcast is really just a big love letter to the industry because it's given me so much as I'm sure it's, you know, obviously given you a lot as well. And I want to just close our conversation with, you know, maybe you can sum up, you know, what the beauty industry has meant to you. Oh my gosh, the beauty industry to me you know, when people ask me if I have a hobby or do I like to do anything that I like to, you know, do you ever like dabble in something to kind of take your mind off things? I, I have to say, 
the beauty industry is that thing. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I not only work in it and provide service, but it is a hobby. It's something that I like going back to. Um, and I like the people that are part of it. Um, and I, I, I think that it's something that, again, we have to keep in mind that it's a trade, you know, and anywhere we go in the world, and I've been all over the world, I've been able to bring this trade everywhere. And it's, I just love that it has so many facets for people to uh, try different things in, but yet still be in the beauty industry um, mm -hmm. that it's really, it's been really good to me. And I think it can be really great for anybody uh, getting into it with the, with the right education and the right planning. Yeah, agreed. Well, thank you again. It's been a pleasure and um, I'll look forward to chatting with you again sometime in the future. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. All right. Thank you, Giovanni. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.